This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. And here. Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring iFixit's Kyle Weens, and he'll tear down all the latest gear. We're going to see what's involved in getting that stuff fixed. We'll also hear from Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy with more forthright conversation. This and more on the Tech Night Out Live. Yeah! We're joined on this show, Kyle Beans, our friend from iFixit.com. They're the people who tear things down, sometimes becoming a wrecking crew unwittingly. So you learn about the repairability or at least the makeup of new devices. Kyle, welcome back. It's been a while. Hey, Gene, excited to be back on. I know you're doing lots and lots of stuff. And one of those things, we didn't get a chance to talk about it before we get to the MacBook Pro, is the iPhone 7. Yeah. I know a lot of people are buying them. I know that a lot of people are trying to buy an iPhone 7 Plus, and they have to wait till about Christmas if you do it now. Apple said they don't expect to catch up this quarter. Now, just before we get on, do you think Apple underestimated demand for the larger iPhone, or is it a matter of production or a combination? Well, I think the, the Galaxy 7 Note may have had something to do with that, where on the larger form factor, if people took back in their, their Note and wanted to swap it for another device, then the large iPhone is kind of the obvious obvious switcheroo for that. So that certainly could have skewed Apple's demand estimates. They weren't, they were expecting normal level of demand and then the biggest competitor disappeared. And so, yeah, they're selling more of them. So I'd say, I'd say, yeah, I think it's safe to say they underestimated demand. So that's why Apple expects some sales growth for the current quarter. Sure. And if you think about your dream as a manufacturer, having your biggest competitor implode their biggest product launch of the year, like that's amazing for Apple. Right. And just think this, too, Samsung is really up the creek here because now we have this report that, what, 2.8 million washing machines can break apart. A washing machine. I mean, we understand the advanced technology of a smartphone and that lithium-ion batteries can be flaky. And there's always a small percentage that will burn up in a matter of the course of events. I've heard like one in 10 million or something like that. But a washing machine? Yeah, this is nuts. I haven't taken apart this particular washing machine, but what we're seeing a trend over time is that what they do what they call dematerialize products, which means they want to use as little raw material as they possibly can. And when you make something like a washing machine, uh, the more lightweight that you make it, the more prone it is to failure. So you have a very strong motor in a chassis that doesn't have as much material as it used to. Perhaps it could be prone to this. I need to, I, I kind of want to get one of these faulty washing machines and take it apart and see what the deal is. Well, you know, I always think of a washing machine as a 50-year-old technology or whatever it is, 
and they all work and they're all commodity products and you can buy one of 10 different brands and get reliability. But now, of course, you have these smart washing machines and these smart refrigerators and all you do is you get them taken over by botnets when you run them. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't heard of Samsung washing machines DOSing anybody, but it certainly is, could just be a matter of time. I think it's mostly <laughs> webcams now, all those $29 Logitech webcams that nobody checks the passwords on. Right, or the Chinese manufacturers. On the washing machine side of things, you know, the average washing machine sold in the U.S. now, if you go and buy a new washing machine, the expected life of it is only seven years. Maybe in a world where, like, you bought a washing machine, you had it half your life. I mean, they used to last 20, 30 years. The new ones are not lasting nearly as long. Well, I'm in trouble now. I'm living in a place here that was built in 2009. I assume the washing machine and the dryer supplied with this unit that I'm renting is seven years old. So should I expect my washing machine to self-destruct soon? Or is that really just the real recent ones? I mean, it, it, yeah, it just depends on, on, but that's what I'm hearing is that, the, you know, don't expect any new appliance that you buy these days to last longer than that, which is crazy. And I think that that's something that as a society, we should be pushing back on. Part of it is they add electronics in and then, you know, how many circuit boards last more than seven years? Uh, you know, you have a little capacitor that fails, you have a bulging capacitor. This is a factor uh, we should be taking into consideration. When I went to buy a new stove, I went into the store. I said, hey, do you sell any stoves that don't have electronics on them? And they said, well, we have one. It's over in the corner. I was like, okay, I'll take that one. Well, the stove should last 75 years. You'd think, but not, not if you have circuit boards on it. Well, yeah, but I bought stuff 20, 30, 40 years ago with circuit boards. And a lot of those things are still running. I had a TV set I bought in like 1995. It was right. a 27-inch CRT-based TV set. It worked perfectly. Older electronics were more durable than the new electronics. So as things get smaller, when they switched away from lead-based solder to 10-based solder, that reduces the reliability of these components over time. The 10-based solder is more brittle. And same thing, like CRT TV absolutely could last 50, 100 years. But an LCD TV, no way it's going to last that long. Well, my LCD TV is four years old. That's almost halfway there or more than halfway there. Well, see, it depends. It depends on on how quality the components are are that they source. And part of this is just manufacturers are getting better at making things cheaper. And so they'll use a lower grade capacitor that's not rated to last as long. And the problem with those things is you can't do board level repairs anymore. Everything is in a tiny integrated circuit. So if one part goes, the entire logic board goes. Let's move over to the iPhone 7. Now, this means that the iPhone 7 has a seven-year lifetime or what? I don't know. It's, you know, we actually really like the device. It's it's fairly similar to the iPhone 6S in a lot of ways. So the, the 6S it was was pretty repairable, pretty easy to get in. And I think the same thing with the 7. So I don't know. The 7 might last longer. I mean, I would hope that we'll see a 10-year lifespan out of the iPhone 7. We're seeing that. I mean, there's still a lot. Like, I'm, I'm using an iPhone 4, which is over five years old now, and it's still going strong. My wife has an iPhone 5C. And it's now, what, three, four years for that. And it still works pretty good. It's kind of slow. So I expect that the next version of iOS, iOS 11 will not support it. But my wife doesn't care because she doesn't use it that much. She goes out, she uses it to make phone calls. She could just as well work with a feature phone. She uses her iPad for all that. All right, let's take apart the iPhone 7. Does it come apart, therefore, pretty much like the iPhone 6S? 
Okay, so when you first get into it, no, it opens differently. There's the two screws on the bottom, and then you use a suction cup to pop the screen out. But instead of lifting and hinging at the top of the phone, it hinges on the right side. And that seems like a silly thing, but that was a big difference for us. Like, wow, this is this is a major change from how both the 6 and the 6S uh, were designed. But once you get inside and you open it from the side, it, it it's relatively straightforward. I mean, you've got, you've got the... Uh, the port at the bottom, the tactic engine is in the same place, although it's a little bit bigger. Um, so overall, I would say, I mean, they, they tweak all of the little things, but the high-level design of it is very, very similar. In opening it, do you see the logic behind Apple's decision to get rid of the headphone jack, other than, of course, being water-resistant? No, not really. <laughs> they replaced it with a plastic piece that is a barometric vent, according to Apple PR. And that's the, the reason that you need a vent is you need some way of allowing uh, outside air to contact the temperature or the, the, the pressure sensor. That particular plastic piece is there, and then the tactic engine is a little bit bigger. No, I think they, they could have, if they wanted to fit the headphone jack in, absolutely, they could have kept it. Well, it comes to the issue of being water resistant. Doesn't that make it far more difficult? Yeah, and that's that's definitely a factor. But you've got other other water resistant phones out there where they've solved that issue. I think it's it's definitely a concern, but you could you could waterproof that that hole. Now there are issues, you know, you get out and it's wet and you want to plug a headphone in and it might not work, but could you design a waterproof headphone jack? Yeah, absolutely. But maybe they decided they didn't want to or maybe maybe they had issues at certain pressures. In general, this was the long-term direction they wanted to go in, and they decided this was the time to make the change happen. A recent Galaxy, Samsung Galaxy, that was supposed to be water-resistant, failed the tests at Consumer Reports. And that particular model does have the headphone jack. We've got more to come. We're talking to Kyle Weens of iFixit.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Is negative content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and negative articles can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair. But what can you do? ReputationDefender.com can help protect your good name. Get a free consultation now. Call 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Call right now for a free expert reputation analysis. It's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system, and the analysis is absolutely free. Make the best things about you jump out in searches. Protect your personal and professional reputation, your business, and your income. Get your free reputation analysis 
purchase from ReputationDefender.com right now. Call 800-831-0771. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com today. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and Body Extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. Today, living in the United States means that your online privacy is at risk. Regaining that privacy means going abroad. Privacy Abroad offers secure online privacy because our servers are located in Switzerland, a safe haven for digital communications. As a law-abiding citizen, you have nothing to hide, but you certainly have something to lose. Regain your Fourth Amendment rights and your peace of mind. Go to patriot.privacyabroad.com now. That's patriot.privacyabroad.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. This is the Tech Night Out Live. I'm Gene Steinberg. We've got a very, very busy Kyle Weens. We're tearing down components. Just want to remind you that there's one way, one sure way, guaranteed way to really support this show, and that's to become a subscriber to Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com. You get a commercial-free version of this show. You support the show, and you pay only $4.99 a month for a month-to-month subscription, and the prices go down from there. Go to plus.technightowl.com to learn more, plus.technightowl.com. I just mentioned in passing, as we were looking over the innards of the iPhone 7, the Samsung problem, where they failed Consumer Reports tests of water resistance. Had you heard of that? I hadn't, actually. I'm looking at the story now. Uh, This is interesting. This is on the S7 Active uh, it would be interesting to see if Samsung has made any design tweaks to it. I don't. I don't think we did a teardown of the S7 Active. Now, did you test the iPhone 7 for being water resistant? Yeah, we put it in the fish tank. 
<laughs> we didn't do a super serious test. So we put it in the fish tank for eight hours and ran the, uh, and we, we live streamed it. We had a whole bunch of people watching our fish, uh, or we had a robot fish swimming around with the iPhone. And then we actually got to the point where it lasted longer in the water than the battery. And so we figured out a way to charge the phone underwater, which was pretty cool. But the, the real serious test is to put it under more pressure and identify at what temperature and pressure does, does the water uh, ceiling start to fail. Because at some pressure it's going to, right? If you have a column of 100 feet of water, that's a lot of pressure. So I didn't do any, any extreme tests like that. We just did kind of, you know, it was under a foot of water in a fish tank for eight hours. And it did great. So it's shower level, but not sea level. It has to do with with the amount of pressure. So every you know, if you, if you think about the weight, how much does a foot of water weigh? Every feet of water you go down is adding that much weight, and then it's pressing in on every single uh, gasket on the phone. And and eventually, some of them are going to fail. And when you look at high end Rolexes, or they talk about a diving watch, it gets really really hard to make a watch that works uh, and is waterproof down two fifty or hundred feet down. It's it's challenging. But that's why you pay the big bucks for a Rolex. That's why you pay the big bucks for a Rolex. Absolutely. Okay. So with the iPhone 7, you take it apart. Now, obviously, there are times if you have the thing for two, three years, maybe less, you'll have to have it serviced. You might replace the battery. Maybe you'll bash the screen. These are replacements that are being done by local dealers, not just Apple, but any company that can source the parts will promise to make these repairs. Especially the battery. Even if you don't bash the screen or break it in some way to replace the battery. Is that easily done? On the iPhone 7, yeah. It's pretty straightforward to open it up and swap out the battery. It's, it's just as easy as on the iPhone 6. So I would highly recommend. If, well, what I would say is if you're thinking about getting a new 7 and you have a 6 and the battery is starting to fail, don't just get a new battery, throw it in there yourself. It doesn't take very long. If you're considering getting a 7 and you care about repairability or you care about knowing, it's no harder to swap out the battery on an iPhone 7 than on a 6. So go for it. What about things like the screen? Yeah, so the, the question on the screen really just comes down to price. Um, it's the same basic technology. So I would expect that iPhone 7 screen pricing will be will be similar. One thing that we were concerned about was the, the home button. You know, they, they removed the actuator. They removed the physical button. And we were concerned that if they integrated the, the Touch ID sensor into the glass, that it would make it impossible to repair the screen if you broke it. But fortunately, they didn't do that. And even though it feels like it's solid, the, the touch sensor actually separates out from the display assembly. So when you swap in the display, you take your, your Touch ID sensor uh, off of the old display, put it on the new display, and you're good to go. Okay. So what is your rating for the iPhone 7 as smartphones go? Yeah, we scored the iPhone very well. Uh, we were really happy with it. We think it did a lot better than the, the recent Samsung phones that we've taken apart. So we gave it a 7 out of 10, which is which is very high. I mean, we like the LG G5 better from a repairability perspective, but that's really the only other flagship phone that scored better. Okay. Any unique or special configuration things noticeable when you pulled it apart? You know, they use, they're always using more screws, so that's kind of interesting. Like the number of different heads that you need to pull this thing apart continues to increase. So I know I was talking with some professionals, and they were complaining about how many different times they'd have to change bits as they take these phones apart. These are the guys who do maybe 50 repairs a day, and so it impacts them a lot. Um, the, the jet black you know, rear cover is kind of interesting. I hear Apple's supply constraint on that as well. People are having a hard time getting the jet black devices. 
Um, the dual camera setup was pretty cool. Uh, we, yeah, I like, I like seeing innovation. I like them being able to add more, a bit more hardware and then accomplish a lot more in software. I think that's pretty slick. Of course, the common complaint was, oh, it looks like the iPhone 6S. And maybe it does. But the other thing is here, most people, I think, put these things into a case. So that means jet black doesn't mean much because it's scratchable, I assume. And therefore, you would want to protect it. If you protect it, well, either you have a transparent case or you cover it, as most people do. And therefore, these fine distinctions don't make a lot of difference. It's just something to complain about. Right. I, I don't have any desire to see them completely redesign the phone every year. I think it's fine. It's a phone. It needs to be rectangular and have a screen and do the thing. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty okay with them uh, continuing with the same industrial design. Uh, they definitely, I mean, on the inside, they changed a lot, but they're all, I mean, little subtle differences. The, the biggest changes that we saw kind of consistently all the way through was just adding more gasketing and just a lot more emphasis on, on water resistance, which is great. And uh, there's a lot of very interesting techniques. They showed clearly that there is a path to making a very repairable uh, water-resistant device. There was clearly a lot of emphasis into making sure that these gaskets were all uh, continuing to be were all continuing to be you know reversible, and you pull a gasket off and then reseal it when you put it back together. Well, what that tells me is they understand that the Apple genius has to be able to take it apart and easily right. replace parts. And therefore, it's to their own self-interest to make it fairly easy to repair. Exactly. Yeah, well, our estimates are that Apple makes about a billion dollars a year doing iPhone repair. So if it's worth a billion dollars, uh, then maybe maybe you're going to design the device to be repairable. Where they're not, they're not doing that with with the uh, iPads and with the MacBooks. And, and so we see that we see the impact in the design. Let's look at the MacBook Pro. Now you got two versions of the 13-inch with the touch bar, without the touch bar. Yes, and we, we still don't have the 15 yet. I don't think anybody does, but we're, we're hoping to get it soon. All right, now, I guess you can assume the 15-inch probably scales up from the 13-inch. It can't be that different, can it? I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, you, you would assume that's how it's always been, but uh, the trend so far is not in that direction. <laughs> we'll see. This is Apple, so you never know. What's going to happen next with them? Okay, in our next segment, folks, Kyle is going to tell us about the differences between the function key version and the touch bar version of the 13-inch MacBook Pro and other good stuff. I'm Gene Steinberg, and of course, you're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. This is Ben Gordon, and if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, Power Swabs is the answer. In five minutes, you'll see two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. There's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Power Swabs, call 1-800-290-8480. Your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free. 1-800-290-8480. That's 1-800-290-8480. 
Are you living your passion? Are you pumped to go to work because you get to talk about or work with or do the things that interest you the most? Is working, playing, and relaxing one and the same? As long as you're working for someone else, you'll never be living entirely true to yourself and your passion. I'm Pharmacist Keith. Let me show you how you can work around your current schedule, create the extra income so you can live your passion. Visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com. Radio.recordedvideo.com. Have you ever thought you'd like to flip houses but didn't know how or where to get the money? Are you ready to be your own boss so you can start living the good life? Hi, I'm Preston Neely. I used to be so broke. I had my electricity turned off nine times, but I figured out a way to quit my job and find financial freedom in real estate. For a limited time, I want to send you a free copy of my smash hit selling book, How to Get Rich in Real Estate. It shows you how to copy exactly what I did so you can make money from the comfort of your own home without even doing any manual labor. I've already given away 5,000 books and they're going fast. To get one before they're gone, call one 800 958 9256. Listen, if you're sick and tired of stressing about money, this book could change your life. It's short, fun to read, easy to understand, and awesome. To find out how to get your free book while supplies last, call 1-800-958-9256. Call 1-800-958-9256. 1-800-958-9256. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 pain relief hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. You can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. Hi, 
screens of iFixit.com taking apart the 13-inch MacBook Pro with Touch Bar, without Touch Bar. Now, what commonalities do you see in these products before we look at the difference? Okay, what what is common? I mean, on the outside, they look the same, right? One is the one with the Touch Bar is is slightly lighter. You know, the the one the the function key model has fewer ports on the outside. Um, the display assemblies on both of them are pretty much identical. So once you get the whole thing apart and you look at this display assembly, uh, that's pretty much the same. Aside from that, uh, they're completely different laptops. The MacBook Pro 13-inch with Touch Bar and the MacBook Pro 13-inch with Function Keys are completely different computers. They're, they share very little internal design with one another. It's kind of crazy. I, I've never seen this. Normally, you know, Apple releases two new products, so they release an iPhone 7 and an iPhone 7 Plus, and you can see that they're basically the same device with the sizing different. And this is really surprising to us how different uh, these two MacBook Pros are. So to look at that, I would have thought it would just be basically the keyboard and having more USB-C Thunderbolt 3 ports. But you're saying everything is different in there? It's really kind of surprising. You get inside and like the speakers, the speakers are engineered completely differently uh, between the two units. On the one with function keys, the speakers are where you would expect. So you have the keyboard and then to the right side of the and left side of the keyboard, you have the, the holes in the top case and you've got the speakers underneath those. And that makes complete sense. And that's what the way they've been for a long time. And then you go over to the, the one with the touch bar and the, the speaker grills on the side are actually cosmetic. There's only a couple of the holes at the bottom on either side that go through to a little tweeter, but the rest of them are purely there for cosmetics. Do and they it's, it's, sound any different? I think so. And that's, you know, people always ask me that. I haven't actually turned these on and used them. I'm really interested in seeing somebody that they have to sound different. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, what they're using is there's a vent on the bottom sides of the, the one with the touch bar. And they're using that vent actually as the speaker outlet. It's two speakers. It's not twin speakers, two twin speakers. It's one speaker on each side. Okay. There's one main speaker on each side. And then there's a tiny little tweeter also. So that allows them to tune the main speaker towards better reproduction of lower frequencies. Is that correct? Right. And then, and then the tweeter does the rest of it. And the tweeter is, it's small. And that, I mean, and on, on the, where the tweeter is, there is holes all the way through the speaker grill, but the rest of it, there aren't. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm told it has fairly decent low end for a notebook. I think computer. so. I, I hear that the sound is really good. And so I'm excited to, to, to see it. Uh, we only got the one and we immediately took it apart, so we didn't have time to, to test. But I'm sure we will be seeing lots and lots of reviews online and people will compare them. I wonder if they're using any technology from the Beats headphones for this. I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> well, these will get a known. lot of bass there. And of course, the bass is never going to be as strong on a notebook, so it might actually make sense. I, I, don't, I would give Apple's engineers, audio engineers beforehand some credit. I mean, maybe maybe they transferred some engineers over, but um, if I were to pick an engineering team to design me uh, audio, I would have chosen Apple's design team over the Beats design team any day of the week. Well, we don't even know now to what extent Apple's audio design team has taken over it's Beats. Merged. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen, I haven't heard anything about the quality of Beats getting better. All right. I haven't heard of Beats headset. I might have heard it for two seconds, but yeah. they aren't very much inclined to send out review samples. So it's going to be a while before I do. Okay, let's look deeper into this. Now, 
I'm trying to remember this. Do both of these notebooks have two fans? No. So the uh, the touch bar unit has two fans, and the other one does not. And that's if you're looking, and I've posted. So, so if you if you check out my Twitter channel, or I'm, I'm at K Weens K W I E N S on Twitter, I posted a side by side comparison. You can tell the difference. The the one with the touch bar has two fans, and you know a more powerful processor, and the other one does, uh, just has one fan. Is that because of the fact that they've got that extra display in there, the touch bar, and the extra hardware? I don't think. I mean, I would have to check and see. I can't imagine the touch bar is is um, is generating the extra heat. I think it has more to do with the CPU. Uh, so, so the 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 touch bar one that we took apart had the dual core i5, two point nine gigahertz Skylake, uh, and then the other the the other one had a two point zero gigahertz um, uh, i5. So, I think. I think that it had more to do with uh, just being a beefier processor and maybe also graphics. Let's see. Yeah, it was slightly improved. It's the, it's the Intel 540 graphics on the, uh, on the function key model and the 550 graphics on the other one. And that may also be generating more heat. Now the 13 inch can drive, as I recall, one 5k display in the 15 inch two. And each of them is getting two lanes, if you know my point. Right. Right. Now, does the 13-inch function key, can it drive a 5K display? Uh, That's a good question. I don't know. I kind of think it probably can't, but that's just an estimate. Of course, you're paying several hundred dollars less, so that makes a difference. In fact, when you look at it and you look at what it's made up of, do you see why the one with the touch bar is quite a bit more expensive? No, <laughs> that's the interesting thing. I mean, the touch bar is different, but the rest of it, no, not really. Uh, it didn't, it wasn't like, oh, this is the, this is the, they're using cheaper materials. Now. They're both really solid, really well-built machines. Um, so I think, I think it has to do with the touch bar components is, is pretty much uh, comp- uh, that and the, and the increased processor. Uh, but I, no, I don't. I don't think um, I wouldn't. If if you show me both of them and not tell me which one costs more, you know, I would assume there'd be a slight difference from the additional feature of the the, the touch bar. But I wouldn't expect uh, in, in any other reasons. I mean, the, the battery is bigger on the on the the function key model. Like, I, if I was going to pick a unit, maybe I'd pick that. If I said I don't care about the touch bar and I want the unit with the bigger battery, I might go with the function key one. But, of course, you won't get quite the performance. Now, I heard something else you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. The SSD, um, the function key version, can be removed. Correct. The, the one on the touch bar version cannot. Cannot. And this is crazy. Yeah. So the, 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 uh, the, the function key one has an SSD. And, unfortunately, it's a new SSD form factor. So you can't take an SSD from the previous Retina uh, Pro and stick it in this one. Uh, but, hopefully, someone will come up with a third-party SSD for it. Or even if you just have two machines and you have hardware fails on one, you can transfer your data over to the other one. So this is a big deal for repairability. It's a big deal for upgradability. And so it's fantastic that the function key model has a removable ssd the touch bar one does not and it seems like this is a really major feature but you imagine like people when they go to the apple store to buy one they don't have any idea well the key here is you should assume then 
on any current Apple product except perhaps for the iMac and the Mac Pro, at least a 27-inch iMac, that really for practical purposes for most people, nothing's ever going to be replaced on it except for repairs. What you see is what you get, and it's an appliance. That's certainly the direction they're going in. It's pretty much where we've landed. I don't, I mean, uh, there's, yeah, pretty much across the board. I mean, on the Mac Pro, you can still upgrade a lot on the Mac Pro. I'm aware of that RAM, the processor, even the graphics cards, although they have a unique connector. Yeah, yeah. But you kind of have to, right? If you want a Mac Pro that's in any way current, you have to buy the top-end model and then swap out half the components. And then spend another $5,000 for the privilege. Right. Because Intel Xeon processors are very, very expensive, especially if you're getting to these 12-core processors. So that's an important point. And we can get into that, but not part of this thing since we're talking about product repairability, which I would rate as none, it sounds like, for the touch bar version of the MacBook Pro. More to come with Kyle Weens of iFixit. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. The award-winning graphic converter, the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features, and most important, it's easy to use. Get 20% off from lemkesoft.de slash gene. That's l-e-m-k-e soft.de slash gene. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Worried about lead, fluoride, and other contaminants in your drinking water? Get a ProPure with the Pro1G 2.0 cleanable reusable filter and remove up to 200 contaminants. Drink water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure products, including the new ProMax shower filter. There's a ProPure for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 
365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com. Virtual care anywhere. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. We use cell phones against our heads every day. But now, a landmark U.S. government study confirms increased health risks from exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The time to protect yourself is now. The solution is Defender Shield. Proudly made in the USA, Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation emitted from cell phones, tablets, and laptops. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. Use discount code DEFENDER for 10% off. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in EMF radiation protection. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. Kyle Ween's here for another segment of the Tech Night Out Live from iFixit.com. So we're pulling apart the MacBook Pro. Is there anything that can be fixed on the Touch Bar version? Or is it one of those things that if anything goes wrong, just send it to Apple and let them figure it out? I don't know. We're going to find out. I'm hopeful that we'll find some better way of removing the battery than what we did in our initial uh, disassembly. Uh, if you break the, the touchpad, the touch the touch screen, which is bigger, is actually pretty darn straightforward and easy to swap out. Uh, so that's good, and that's glass. So if you had a major impact, you could crack the glass on that thing. Um, and, you know, every one of these is going to need a new battery after two years. So hopefully by the time that rolls around, we'll have figured out a way to swap out the battery. But, you know, they got rid of MagSafe, and uh, it's going to be really, really easy to trip over one of those fancy new USB-C ports. And those those ports are soldered directly onto the main board. So if you trip over your power cable and you break the computer or you, you break that port, you've pretty much broken the entire computer. There's no going in and just just fixing the port, which is I'm really confused by that. I mean, even when they had the MagSafe, the MagSafe connector itself was on a separate daughter card. So if the MagSafe broke, you could you could swap it independently of, of the main board of the computer. I suppose the added ability here is that you can charge from any port. 
Right, which is great, and I, I strongly support that. And I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, I love, I, I love MagSafe. If they're going to switch away from MagSafe, they're switching to an industry standard. So I'm not, I'm not really uh, frustrated with that. I understand where they're going. Just from an internals perspective, if you're going to have ports that are charge ports, they need to be separate from the main board. They need to have a separate connector where if that part fails, you can just swap that component. Well, that therefore goes against this philosophy unless you put all the ports on a separate daughter card or something. Right, which you could easily do. And they've done this in the past where the USB ports on either side of the computer are on a separate daughter card that then plugs into the main board. So you just have a left left USB port daughter board and a right USB port daughter board, and then each of those would plug into the main one. It would be really easy. When you look at this, though, I guess Apple's logic here is you have one uniform reversible connector that has built-in support for lots of things. You no longer need a whole bunch of different ports. You're not restricted. You can use them for any purpose you want. But until the industry gets going with this, you have to have all those dongles and adapters and such. Right. Yeah. I I mean, and I just think about how many, I mean, right now I'm talking to you on my computer and I've got headphones plugged in, I've got a microphone plugged in, and neither of these would work. I guess, I guess the headphone would work. They kept the headphone jack. My, my microphone, I would need a, a, a different USB adapter. Right. Well, I would, too, because I have a standard USB plug for my mic mixer. And they also, I understand, killed the digital audio output capability of the headphone jack. Right. Now, they claim that professionals would just use the USB port and get the direct digital connection. So maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong. But they're keeping the headphone jack, and it looks like they'll be doing that for a while, Do you recall a survey that Apple sent out to MacBook owners at some point in time recently asking if they use the headphone jack? I didn't get that survey, but I I know they send out those on a regular basis. So that might have been the judgment here. Okay. so I use my headphone jack every day. I can't imagine switching off. And certainly, I mean, I buy all of my staff headphones and we've got, I mean, a hundred pair of headphones in the building and absolutely uh, all of them use the eighth inch jack and everybody's really happy with them. And it's interesting. I mean, clearly Apple doesn't think lightning is the future of headphone jacks. Otherwise, they would put that in this computer. Lightning is going to be kept on the mobile gear. Maybe for a short time. I can't imagine Lightning is going to stick around very long either. It seems like it's it's going to be sunsetted pretty quick too. So you think Lightning's on its way out to be replaced by USB-C? That would be my if I was I was in a betting mood. I would say that yeah, two years from now the iPhone won't have a Lightning port. Well, then the consistency after the initial stage will be pretty good all these cables i'll have well it doesn't matter i'll have a new iphone then perhaps so well i'll make yeah. a difference yeah, i mean that's kind of slick because every single product has only ever one port or you know only ever one kind of port right everything is a USB-C port on all their products so it's a keep it simple philosophy any other notable things you see about the internal design uh, you know, it, it's, it's pretty darn, I mean, Apple continues to have incredibly well machined, thought out internal layout. I mean, it's, it's very compact. The build quality is, is phenomenal. It's just, it's clearly designed to be assembled once and then, and then never taken apart again. Well, certainly long-term reliability. And for notebooks, I suppose that means something because if you take them around, they get knocked about quite a bit. And they can make these things more reliable at the cost of making them impossible to repair. Maybe that's part of it, too. 
Yeah, it's interesting. So on the on the function key model where the, the, the speakers are where you'd expect underneath the speaker grill, those speakers are screwed into place using a pretty slick, we have a high-res photo of it in the teardown, but it's a really slick uh, vibration dampening screw. Uh, that's designed to attach the speaker to the unit while not not transferring any of the vibrations from the speaker onto the frame of the computer. It's a very elegant design. And then on the on the 13 inch with the touch bar, they just glued it on. They glued the speaker on. And removing the speaker is kind of challenging. There's a lot of you know, prying and, and ungluing. Uh, and that that really it's, it was really interesting to see an example of like this is the repairable right way to do it on the function key model and then the unrepairable glued in way to do it on the touch bar model. Do I understand correctly here that as part of the tear down process of the touch bar model, the touch bar is broken? We did. Yes. And, and uh, we're not saying that everyone is going to break the touch bar when they open it or that we won't be able to come up with a process in the future, but it, it was, it was very glued down. And in the process of trying to heat it up and, and loosen it, we separated the, the glass digitizer from, from the LCD. Uh, so we will get another one and try again and see if we can get figure out a way to get the touch bar out without, uh, without breaking it. But Attempt number one was not successful. Now, you have two processors in there. You've got the T1 processor and, of course, the Intel processor. Are they all on the same logic board? There, yeah, so there's the... If you look at the at the touch bar on the one side, there's a Broadcom chip on one side and an unmarked chip on the other side. And so the assumption is that that unmarked chip is probably the T1. So it's on the touch bar. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, I'm just looking and seeing. I actually don't know. We, we, we have a couple of unmarked chips right now. We've got an Apple marked chip that's over on that side of the board that we think might be the T1 or that there's also there's also this unmarked chip on the touch bar. They make it kind of challenging for us when it's custom Apple silicon that doesn't have any labels on it. We're, we know it's an IC and we've got the number on it and we're making some guesses. Now, I've theorized here, and tell me if you think it's possible, that since Apple wants the touch bar to be expanded, they would come out with a version of the Magic Keyboard with touch bar. It may be $199 instead of $99, but they could do that. But that would require embedding all this hardware within the keyboard. Within the keyboard, right. I, I think that makes sense to me. I don't see why they wouldn't do it. They've, they've taken all of their other input devices and made them into separate units. Uh, it, it, seems, it seems very logical. Well, I kind of like the Magic Keyboard myself. I didn't get one with my iMac because it came out before the Magic Keyboard, but I had a couple of failures of the keyboard. And because of those failures, I convinced Apple to say, look, instead of wasting my time replacing keyboards, give me a Magic Keyboard. And they said yes, realizing it would be cheaper that way. Well, there you go. (laughs) So Apple can be persuaded. So rating repairability of the MacBook Pro with function keys. How does it rate? The function key model uh, did a little, uh, it, we, we thought that there were, there were some components in it that you could swap out. You've got the SSD that you can get to, you can swap out the trackpad without removing the battery. Um, on the other side, the RAM is soldered down, the battery assembly is really, really hard to get out. Uh, so, so we gave it a two out of 10. Oh, boy. All right. Yeah. 
Before it's, we uh, find, we'll find out about the MacBook Pro with Touch Bar, and I'm betting it rates a one or a zero after this. But he's not going to answer that, Kyle Weens, because we have to break in a moment. In the meantime, the best way for you to support the Tech Night Out Live is to join Tech Night Out Plus. Go to plus.technightout.com for simple sign-up instructions. Prices started just four ninety-nine a month. Our new rates, our price, as they say, cheap. To learn more, go to plus, P-L-U-S dot technightowl.com. More to come with Kyle Weens. I'm Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Owl Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. Did you know your car can be hacked just like your computer or phone? Hackers can hijack the signal of your own key fob to burglarize your vehicle in seconds. The Black Hole Faraday Key Fob Bag is a signal impenetrable shield that stops these hacks in their tracks. Protect one of your most valuable assets. Go to HackProofBag.com. That's HackProofBag.com. And use promo code RADIO to get 20% off. Or call 805-222-4584. 805-222-4584. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Kyle Weens is still here. I think he's champing at the bit. He has to do actual things that make money for him rather than spend time with us, but we're happy to have him aboard. Okay, a number two rating for repairability, which isn't very good, for the MacBook Pro with function keys. The Touch Bar model, a one. 
the touch bar model earned a measly one out of 10 on our, on our repairability scoring index. And, and you should know when we give something a score that low, we actually spend a lot longer on the teardown than on something that we, that we give an easier score. So oftentimes it's very challenging to take apart. We're heating, we're prying, we're very methodical. I mean, we'll spend 12 hours sometimes taking something apart. It's a really time intensive process. And so that score is not awarded lately. Every chance we get, we give Apple the high, you know, high scores. We really have a huge amount of respect for their design team. Uh, but this is a realistic reflection of how challenging it is to open this thing up. Is it all about reliability in the field that Apple did this? I think you could design a laptop that was just as reliable as this uh, and make it more repairable. I think that making it as thin as, as they're going uh, is certainly a factor. I think that they're suffering a little bit from design anorexia. They're making things as thin as possible and then damn the consequences. And that's a shame because I don't see how it would be possible to recycle this laptop safely in any reasonable amount of time. They claim everything they make is recyclable, though. And they're wrong. Recyclers have to disassemble laptops in order to get the battery out easily. And you know they're, they're pulling products apart by the thousands every day they got to get in and separate the aluminum from the battery and yeah recyclers love aluminum but they really dislike batteries and so when you glue a battery to aluminum they have a real challenge unless apple thinks well we have the way to do it send it back to us uh but i can tell you they send it to them and then they send it to recyclers that i'm friends with and then those recyclers have to deal with it and those recyclers aren't provided any information from apple on how to do it safely either apple's not recycling these things I can always hope that maybe in a future version of the MacBook Pro with Touch Bar, they'll simplify that once they get past the initial construction constraints. Does making it that way make it easier to build or does it matter? It may make it faster to assemble. Certainly gluing things down is, is faster than screwing them down. Uh, so that that certainly could be a, a consideration. What's interesting is that they could that they know exactly how to make these batteries easy to remove for recyclers. They do it on the iPhone. There's adhesive underneath the battery that has a pull tab. You pull that pull tab, it shears the adhesive off, and then the battery comes right out. So they know when they're designing it for their genius bar technicians, they know how to make the battery uh, removable. But when they're designing it for what they say is recyclers, uh, they're not actually. They don't actually care. Okay, so if you want to fix your MacBook Pro, the genius is not doing it. They'll send it back to Apple. They'll give you a refurb in exchange, and then they'll rebuild it or whatever in their plan. Right. And there's no hope of getting your data back. So I think with, with this machine, like having regular online backups is going to be really, really critical. Because let's say that you trip over the power cord and fry the, the circuit board. There's no separating your data from the main board. So I wouldn't I would not consider using a computer like this without something like Backblaze that was a constantly running backup all the time. And just to let you know, there's also Crash Plan and other Crash Plan, yeah. Sure, which I use. But there are a number of them is iDrive. We used to have a marketing agreement with iDrive where we included them with our weekly mailing lists for this and the Paracast. And as a result they were able to promote their products. So whatever it is Apple is assuming an online world, and that's how you're going to handle your backup. But from beginning to end, do you think Apple made a huge mistake making it this way? I, I think so. I think I think that this is really short-term thinking. I think it's environmentally insensitive, and it, it's just it's just too bad that I mean, people have been saying that well, pros deserve an upgradable laptop versus not. Well, I think everyone deserves a recyclable laptop. This kind of design should not 
should not be uh, allowed to stand. We need we need someone to come up and provide a viable alternative. From a practical standpoint, though, this thing is a professional computer. The graphics are really pretty decent, more than twice as fast as the previous model. The solid-state drive is much faster. You've got the ability to run two 5K displays in the 15-inch model. I mean, there are a lot of things about it that are really attractive. I don't know about the touch bar. I haven't used it, and you can't use it because you broke it. But (laughs) they've got now a free or donationware utility that puts a touch bar on your display. Okay, I guess you manipulate it with your mouse, but it uses the same tool or access in the operating system as the real touch bar, so it gets the same things, right? Right, and and that's a neat way to to tinker with it. And if you don't want to drop two thousand dollars on a new laptop, but you want to get a feeling of like what are apps doing to support it, then absolutely install. You gotta have the latest version of uh, El Capitan, but I think that that makes some sense to to tinker with it, and it also makes it easier for developers. You want to develop an app for it now? You can use you can use that that tool instead of having to get a whole new whole new laptop. So soon you'll be testing the fifteen inch model, which we know is shipping now, and some people have it. So just a question of getting one in there and spending the day to rip it apart. I assume if the design is similar, some of the things you learned, some of the things you did wrong with the teardown of the 13-inch version, you'll learn from that and do it better. I think so. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, to seeing it, and we will do our best not to break the touchpad on the next one. Just to bring you up to date, since we recorded this show, Kyle Weens has tested the 15-inch MacBook Pro. And it has roughly the same problems as the 13-inch touch bar counterpart and therefore earns the same one rating for repairability or lack of repairability. I want to ask you about the Samsung Galaxy Note 7. I assume you tore this down at one time? We did. Yeah, we, we took it apart and, and did our full teardown. And I mean, in general, we thought it was a, with a pretty decent phone. It didn't score great on our repairability chart, but it's a very well-designed device. But you didn't see any clues there that would explain why everything went haywire. No, we didn't. And that is interesting. (laughs) If you look at all of the aspects that led to that failure, a lot of them were like issues that were internal to the battery. So we don't necessarily pry apart every battery that we get. Uh, It also was not something that impacted most Note 7s. You're only talking about a very, very small percentage of these devices that had this issue. So it would be a pretty hard thing for us to detect in the teardown that some very small fraction of these devices are going to have this problem. What we did notice was that they didn't give the battery any space to swell. There wasn't a whole lot of tolerance around the battery, so they were really kind of pushing the all up in terms of how much battery they could fit into the volume. And they decided to go with an integrated battery rather than what was on the previous note. They had a user removable battery. And if they had kept the removable battery, then they wouldn't have had to recall all the phones. They could have just recalled the batteries. But here, because they decide not to do that. And that's the difference between a billion-dollar recall and, say, a $50 million recall. That's a very expensive mistake. Very expensive design decision. And the fact that even using a different brand battery resulted in the same problem means the entire design must be screwed up. Maybe. I mean, or maybe it was it was manufacturing defects across across more of them. Intriguingly, I, I don't I hate to write off the entire design because the Samsung uh, Galaxy S7 and the S7 Edge are basically the same design as well. There are very minimal differences between those phones. 
those those devices are are I mean like the 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 S7 and the S7 Note feel like very similar devices, just like the iPhone 7 and the 7 Plus feel like very similar devices. So we never heard of problems with the S7 having having issues. So maybe it's just that specific battery design. Perhaps, or or perhaps they had manufacturing flaws in two different facilities at the same time that happened to... It's really hard to know. I mean, you see, we have battery uh, fires all the time. I mean, there was a... I've seen a few different stories of iPhone 7s catching on fire. Uh, So fires happen with phones. It's just a question of how many. We're we're saying there's two iPhone 7 fires that we know about, and there's 40 Note 7 fires that we know about. So factor of 20 more, and that's a billion-dollar recall. We've got... We've got Kyle Weens of iFixit, iFixit.com. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the Galaxy Note 7 and possible impact to Samsung in our final segment with him. And of course, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The award-winning graphic converter, the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over 1.5 million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features, and most important, it's easy to use. Get 20% off from lemkesoft.de slash gene. That's l-e-m-k-e soft.de slash gene. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. All right, guys, we're ready for our four-season sunroom, and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no, we'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym, my gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her four-seasons garden room, weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait, a family hub. Yeah! No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for Four Seasons now. To find out more, call toll-free 800-848-6333. That's 800-848-6333. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA Pack Technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. People who can afford a LASIK procedure sure are lucky. Imagine being able to throw away your contacts and glasses 
Imagine waking up tomorrow with 20-20 vision. Too bad everyone can't afford LASIK. Well, guess what? There's a company that agrees with you. TLC Laser Eye Centers is now offering great prices on high-quality LASIK to make it affordable for everyone. That means you get the latest FDA-approved all-laser LASIK technology for less than what others charge. And if you call right now, we'll schedule a free appointment so you can discover if LASIK is right for you. Results may vary. Call 1-800-933-1427. Even better, if you're one of the first 100 callers, ask about an extra $400 off your all-laser LASIK procedure. That's $200 off per eye. We've already performed over 2 million procedures. Let us help you. Discover how you can get the quality LASIK experience you deserve for less than what others charge. For your free appointment, call 1-800-933-1427. 1-800-933-1427. As a doctor, I see patients every day who are losing their vision to age-related macular degeneration, also known as AMD. If you have blurry vision or blind spots, they can be symptoms of AMD, and if untreated, could lead to blindness. The good news? AMD can be managed with effective clinically approved treatments that may reverse some vision loss. For free AMD information, contact the Foundation Fighting Blindness at 1-800-BLINDNESS. That's 1-800-BLINDNESS. There is a cure in sight. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So with Kyle Weens of iFixit.com, we were talking about the failure of the Samsung Galaxy Note 7. And the thing that bothered me about all of this is that reportedly, unless things have changed, Samsung was never able to duplicate this problem themselves. What does that say? Well, it means it's a really hard problem that only impacts a very small portion of these devices. Uh, one of the biggest challenges of electronics manufacturing these days is just how many you're making. We're talking about tens of millions of phones that all have to be exactly the same at extremely tiny tolerances. This is really a challenge. And then you get into the battery. And I mean, they said one of the challenges was that there just wasn't sufficient tape on a fraction of, of these batteries to separate the components internal to the battery. And I mean, that's clearly an inexcusable failing for the battery manufacturer. But if you look at how many of these things are being made, you can understand how an error like that might happen every once in a while. Now, I read at one point that one in 10 million lithium-ion batteries will fail. That means if they sell 50 million iPhones in a quarter, five will fail, up to five will fail, which may be true. We always hear of an occasional failure. But when you have like 50 or 100 failures out of maybe two or three million units sold, that is really catastrophic because we're talking here about failure rates 10, 20, many times above what it should be. And that's where the problems arise. But at the end of the day, doesn't lithium ion technology just got to go to something better? <laughs> I mean, that would be nice. We're hoping that battery technology improves. Whatever it is, is going to go to higher energy density, right? And so you're packing a lot of energy in a tiny amount of space, and you have challenges. Gasoline is a better battery storage medium than lithium batteries are. It's, it's more energy dense, but we know that there are safety issues with gasoline, and cars do catch on fire. 
So uh, whatever we go to, I mean, it would be wonderful to have something better, but it, it might be something that has higher energy capacity and is also less safe. And the thing, too, here is if you try too hard, I think, which may be what Samsung did, to pack so much capacity in a certain size battery, this causes the problem. I don't know what Apple does because Apple relies a lot on efficiencies of design to exact more battery life because they're using basically smaller batteries than a lot of the other companies. Am I correct? Apple tends to have more battery efficient silicon, but still every year they're working on, you know, one to 2% more efficient batteries, uh, you know, battery chemistries than the previous year. So the battery chemistries are incrementally getting better, but this is a, uh, they're not getting better as fast as the silicon is getting more power efficient. Now, Samsung waited many weeks before issuing the apology, which I think may really hurt the company. I mean, they came out with the recall pretty fast. But I know when Johnson & Johnson had the Tylenol failure in the 80s, do you remember that? Uh, I don't remember that, but I've read about it in the history books. Okay. They apologized early on, recalled everything. And remember, these were contaminated bottles. Someone contaminated them with poison. And, of course, they redesigned the bottles to make it more difficult for people to do that, which is one of the reasons why opening pill bottles nowadays is pretty difficult. But that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. When Apple had the maps failure, within days, Tim Cook is saying, we're sorry, folks, we're going to make it better. And, by the way, you can download one of our competitors' mapping apps and use those until we get it together. He apologized. In fact, I think Scott Forstall, among all his other problems, wouldn't sign off on that, which is one reason why he no longer works for Apple. Right. Do you think Samsung can overcome this, or is the Note, the Galaxy Note product line, dead because it still has that veneer? I think they'll be able to overcome it. I mean, it would be interesting to see if they, if they call it something else, but I think that the Note brand still is worth a lot. Uh, the, the way that Samsung handled this was not acceptable, and, and I don't know anyone that is happy with, with what they did. At the same time, I feel really bad for Samsung because it's a real challenge, and you don't want this to happen to anybody. So when they come out with the next device, I think the next major phone that Samsung releases, they need to do something like what Apple did in the AntennaGate situation and take us into their design labs and show us us how they're they're improving their reliability down to right i mean you're talking 99.9999% reliability like this is extreme levels of engineering that have to happen and let's see if they can up lithium battery safety across the board well the difference also is samsung doesn't have front facing executives in the way that apple does and it's because they have so many divisions and so many products and so many executives with apple you know if there's a problem Tim Cook is there. He'll respond to it. There's a guarantee. With Samsung, who responds? And the other problem is they've got to find somebody speaking English. They've got to find somebody who is multilingual, perhaps. And it's not to say, well, anything is wrong with speaking Korean. But if they're catering to an audience in North America or in Europe, finding the executive who is bilingual has to be a solution there. Right. I agree. I mean, they need they need to do a better job on on PR. Having someone who's responsible, who uh, the American kind of press could work with would would be really helpful. Uh, This is this is a challenge that the Korean company has. And this is a disadvantage that they have in the market relative to Apple. Uh, But they've got their time to plan and think through it. And and they clearly need to uh, they need to do that. 
pronto before, before they release the next device or at the same time they release their next device. And the key here is now I think anything that says Samsung is going to be poison. Final thing to ask you, and we only have a minute or two left. The Pixel, phone by Google, what was it like to tear down? Any quick observations? Uh, we like the Pixel. Uh, it's a it's an interesting phone. It you know it was interesting for for Google coming right out the gate with a with a new device. I mean they uh, it's very different um, internally than than some other devices that we've seen. But we thought it was pretty well designed. They came up with a clever way of making the battery easily removable that was different than what we've seen with other devices, which we really like seeing. So. Overall, I'd say we're optimistic about it. We definitely had some some challenges uh, in, internally, like we do on the iPhone, but but I think in general we were pretty happy with it, and we gave it a seven out of ten on the repairability scale, which is which is the same as the iPhone and and better than the Samsung. Now that's assembled by HTC, but was there anything that was typical of an HTC product, or was that just a factory? Uh, there were some of the design language internally was reminiscent of, of some other things that we've seen from HTC, but much, much better product design than, than what we've seen with the HTC One. We really don't like that particular product family. Uh, it's the lowest scoring phone that we've ever taken apart. Uh, and so I realized that's been their flagship phone for a few years. We're really not fans of it. So uh, we're very happy to see uh, a product that manufactured by HTC that is much, much easier to work on. Kyle Weens, please tell our listeners where they can find more information about the things you do. Yeah, check us out at ifixit.com. We're a free repair manual for everything. So if you're fixing your dishwasher or your washing machine or your cell phone, uh, we're the place to go. Check it out. And we sell parts and tools in case you need them. I might try fixing something like an old iPhone someday. And I'll keep calling you for help. Kyle Weens, thanks for joining us in the Tech Night Out Live. All right. Thanks, Gene. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. If you or someone you care about loves outdoor adventure, then check out Slingbow.com for some unique holiday gift ideas. That's Slingbow.com, where we have some innovative new products for the archer, hunter, or bow fishing enthusiast in your family. Now through January, use the promo code HOLIDAY to get free shipping in the U.S. or Canada. And from all of us at Slingbow Industries, have a safe, joyous, and peaceful holiday season. From the pages of the Bible comes a terrifying account of an ancient beast that was half man, half demon. It is returned in the best-selling novel, Nephilim, by L.A. Marzulli. Indiegogo presents you with an opportunity to get involved in making this supernatural novel into a major motion picture. Join journalist Mac McKenzie as he travels halfway around the world to uncover the truth about aliens and demons. Join our Indiegogo campaign to get Nephilim made into a movie. Go to Indiegogo.com, hashtag Nephilim. My name is Lee and I'm 41. I've been using One World Wave for two and a half years now. I suffered a bulged L4 and L5 disc from a car accident three years ago, and since that time I've been unable to walk long distances, do any minor lifting or just normal activities with my children without having severe back pain. Since I've started using One World Way, I've been able to walk more, engage in activities with my children, and have less lower back pain. 
One World Way has helped me regain back my strength, confidence, and have a healthier life. I've noticed a weight loss of about 20 pounds, my A1C dropped two points, and I have more energy now. One World Way has helped me regain back my life. The results for clients on One World Way have surpassed the results for most any other supplements as well as all other whey protein powders. One World Way is non-denatured and frequency encoded. We believe the frequency encoding increases your body's production of glutathione and energy production. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's one world, W-H-E-Y dot com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. My computer is so slow, it's making me crazy. I used to have that problem. Did you quit using a computer or did you buy a new one? No, I called Geeks on Site. They made an appointment to visit my home and showed up the same day. You mean they didn't ask you to bring your computer to a shop? That's what happened when I called a support company. Geeks on Site can go to your home or business or even repair your computer online. They have 24-7 emergency service. If you are having problems with your PC or Mac, call Geeks on Site. 1-800-591-1682. Our friendly certified computer repair Repair experts are available 24-7. Call now for a free diagnosis. 1-800-591-1682. Data recovery, virus removal, and maintenance for all laptops, desktops, printers, and networks. That's Geeks on Site for friendly, certified computer repair experts. Available 24-7 over the phone or in your home or business. Just call 1-800-591-1682. That's 1-800-591-1682. 1-800-591-1682. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy who also has Kirkville at McElhern.com, a really great blog. And I want to talk to you about something personal here. And there's a guy both of us know, a fellow named Sal, bearded gentleman, who's also a musician, by the way, who was Apple's big Apple script guy. And I'd meet him at Macworld Expos every few years. I'd exchange correspondence with him. Really, really nice guy. And he worked with Apple since the 1990s. From 1997, when Steve Jobs returned to the company, Sal was there. Sal is no longer there. Kirk? Well, Sal got, I guess, terminated is the word. He just announced this a couple days ago. I wrote an article on Macworld. uh, I wrote an open letter to Tim Cook, which is something I've never done before. Because AppleScript 
is the one thing that you can use with iTunes to extend iTunes capabilities. Uh, I explain it in the article. Uh, there are a lot of scripts. Um, Doug Adams is the guy who writes most of the really good Apple scripts. He has a website called Doug's Apple Scripts for iTunes. Uh, a lot of these scripts are for tagging files. So you rip a CD or you even add some files you've bought by download, um, not from the iTunes store, or you want to tag files that you've gotten from the iTunes store. A lot of these scripts let you alter the text, maybe cut off the beginnings of, of names, the ends of names, instead of having to do it file by file. Um, they let you reorder things, put the track numbers when you've put something in order. They let you search for album artwork. Um, they let you find duplicates in your iTunes library. I mean, there are there are more than 400 um, Apple scripts on Doug Adams' website. It's the only way you can do more than what iTunes offers. Now, we know that Sal has left. I believe he said he's leaving at the end of the month or something like that. We don't know if the entire AppleScript team is being dissolved. Now, Sal was in charge of automation, which includes um, AppleScript. It includes Automator. It it includes shell scripts, the kinds of things you run with Terminal um, or things that you can even schedule to run automatically. Essentially, it looks right now as though Apple is basically killing off any ability to automate things in its apps. Now, we may not see this being killed off um, until next year, the next version of macOS, for example. But it would be a grave mistake. Um, I mentioned specifically iTunes because I write about iTunes a lot. But there are people who use AppleScript with other Apple apps, be they Mail or TextEdit or iPhoto and Pages and things like that. A lot of Apple apps support AppleScript and a lot of third-party apps. So AppleScript is a sort of low-level scripting language that can make bridges between different applications. You can act on apps in the Finder. I have a couple of Apple scripts I use to resize images automatically. So I have a little applet and I drop a file on on the icon and it resizes without me having to do it manually in a graphics editor. It's a tool that most people don't use. It's really a power user tool. But if Apple's getting rid of all these options to automate things, it's a clear sign that Apple doesn't really care about these pro users anymore. The long and short of it is, it can cost much to maintain that kind of department. So why would they dump it? Yeah, so Sal Segoyan on his website, macOS10automation.com, he has a, an FAQ and he says, you know, here's what happened, that he was being let go of for quote-unquote business reasons. Now, business reasons could be a lot of things. I don't think Sal would have said that if it was just that he got into an argument with someone. I think Sal's a pretty easygoing guy and everyone likes him. Business reasons of getting rid of one person and obviously a very small department. There can't be that many people working on automation. With a company that has, if I'm not mistaken, $237 billion parked overseas, they're not saving that much money that the shareholders are going to notice. So it doesn't seem to be an economic decision. They're not downsizing. It seems that they just don't want this kind of stuff anymore in their in their software. Well, none of this makes a lot of sense to me. As I said, it's a cheap thing to keep them there. It's possible they have a different way of handling it. Maybe they're integrating it with some other group over there in Apple. But doesn't this sort of thing deserve an explanation? I mean, they realize Sal Segoyan is not going to go quietly, that he's going to say something, and he's got a lot of people out there, maybe a minority as far as... I don't know what you mean by South of going is not going to go quietly. (laughs) (laughs) Apple is listening to us. Can you believe that, ladies and gentlemen? That's spontaneous. That's not an effect. 
that is really my iPhone having a reaction. Evidently, there's something in the iPhone programming where you bring up Sal Segoyan. No, no response. Well, no, you must have said something just before that that sounded like, hey, Siri. Well, maybe Siri is deaf. Yeah, that could be. But as, as you say, he's not going quietly, and that's interesting. If there was some sort of agreement, you know, with a, an NDA that he couldn't talk about anything, he would clearly be going quietly, and he's not. And he even made an appeal on his website, you know, if you depend on automation, please write into Apple and tell them. Um, because this is a guy, he does his stuff out of love. He, he really does like this stuff. And I think he's relatively disappointed. I haven't spoken to him. I think he's relatively disappointed by this. So he's telling people, hey, if you think Apple needs to keep this stuff, please speak up. I, I don't think he's expecting to retain his job. But I think he's looking at this from the point of view of someone who's been who's been shepherding these technologies for almost 20 years and who really does believe in them. It's so unfortunate, really. As I said, I'm not a big user of Apple Script, but a lot of the apps I use do have some kind of Apple Script connection. Let me tell you about that. We have a special version of the show that we offer for subscribers of Tech Night Out Plus and, of course, the Powercast Plus. And what we do is we want to give the show stitched together as one file without the network ads. The network ads are added later, but what I give to the network are 12 files, 12 segments of the show. Now, what I have here is a little AppleScript application that comes with a program called Sound Studio. It's called Stitch. And what you do is you drag and drop the files into Stitch, and then you can specify whether you want to save them someplace, or whether you want to add a second of silence or something between segments, whatever. It works with Sound Studio to create one single file. It just takes a minute or so to do this. That's all done through Apple Script. This is the kind of things you can do. You don't have to do it yourself. You don't have to learn scripting language. You have Automator on your Mac that can use built-in workflows to create these things. And if you were to do that with Sound Studio, I'm guessing, I'm not familiar with Sound Studio very much, but I'm guessing you can drag one file in, then drag the second file to the end, and then it gets loaded, and so on and so on, and then you export it. It's going to take you three, four minutes to do it, whereas all you do, as you say, is you drag the files on the icon, and boom, it's automatically done. Just have to bring it up, and like I said, it looks like a regular application, and you click Join Audio, and walk away. And that's it. Well, Doug Adams has a Doug Adams has a tool like that called Join Together, and he originally wrote it for audiobooks. So people who rip audiobook CDs, um, they'll have all kinds of files. They maybe have a hundred files for an audiobook, and he wrote an app that joins all the files together, but also saves them to a maximum size. So if you want each file to be no more than four hours, for example, um, it makes sure that no files are too long. So it's basically the same kind of thing. Um, the goal is a little bit different. Of course, you could use Doug's tool for what you're doing. Um, it, it's the same idea. But there are, there are several such tools that do that sort of thing, working with files like that. And as I said, I have a couple of um, Apple script applets that I, that, that I use for graphics. I have one that borders graphics. I have one that resizes. Um, these are all things that are really easy to do if you know that you're always going to want to resize your graphics by 50 percent or for the border thing you always want to have a one pixel border around graphics um 
rather than calling up an editor, finding the command, applying it, saving, etc., it's just a drag-and-drop operation, and it's really simple. Again, not too many people use these things, but the people who do will be severely affected if this stuff goes away. Right, because even if Apple continues to offer Automator, eventually something's got to give. More to come with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Ted Anderson telling you about Jordan Rubin's Beyond Organic Green-Fed Raw Cheddar Artesian Cheese featuring whole milk created through ancient dairy breeding, unpasteurized, untreated whole milk on the same farm the cows graze, containing natural sources of omega-3s, CLA protein, calcium, probiotics, and enzymes. I have never tasted cheese this good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. There is an affordable alternative to the high cost of health care that offers freedom from insurance while providing compliance with the Obamacare individual mandate. Imagine having access to quality, affordable health care that allows you the freedom to choose your doctor and hospital. Members can share up to 100% of necessary medical expenses, including some alternative treatments. Find out how you and your family can contain health care costs without giving up your freedom. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. This is Ben Gordon, and if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, Power Swabs is the answer. In five minutes, you'll see two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. There's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Power Swabs, call 1-800-290-8480. Your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free. 1-800-290-8480. That's 1-800-290-8480. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? 
See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Bend Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. So this is the kind of stuff that takes us into the weeds of mac os stuff about apple scripting and all that and we're talking about the departure of sal segoyan really nice guy i'm so sorry to see him go and i know he'll continue to work independently to work on these scripts and i hope that apple has a game plan but apple is always inscrutable about such things so we worry about it we worry about another thing that apple may be doing which is giving up on professional users because the professionals the pros the people who use macs for business graphic arts audio and video production like yours truly we kept the platform going in the bad old days of the 1990s that's right. Remember the days when the Mac versus PC wars were basically, okay, you use a PC for all your office stuff and your games, but you use a Mac if you're a creative professional. And the consideration here is, well, except for the games, you could use Macs for anything. But we have that superstition still. Yep. Anyone in the creative arts, musicians, especially musicians, filmmakers who were looking to move their special effects to the desktop, they went to Mac. And now you're talking about an article from a frequent guest on the show, friend of yours, friend of mine, Peter Cohen, where he's using some pretty graphic language to explain he's what he's using he some asterisks. <laughs> he's using the he's asterisk, which means a lot of things that we can't say on family friendly radio, but it's all about Apple's attitude towards pros. Kirk? Yeah, he, his, the title of his article is Apple to Creative Pros, Go F Yourselves. And he points out exactly what we were just saying. He says for decades, the Mac has been the choice of creative professionals. But now, all of a sudden, we have a Mac Pro that hasn't been updated in three years. We have the MacBook Pro, which may be thinner and have the touch bar, but it's got a limit in RAM and it's only got USB-C ports. So you can't really use it with existing hardware unless you have a bunch of dongles and adapters and cables and all that. It seems like Apple is giving up that market and combined with the elimination of automation, if it is indeed eliminated, maybe Apple is giving up that market and they're going to leave it to Microsoft, which would be kind of interesting. Yeah, um, but why I, would you do that? I don't see the logic in that. Like Mr. Spock says, where's the logic in that? Because even if it's a small percentage of users, 
These are the flagship users that make the platform credible, have always made the platform credible. Why would you give up on them? It doesn't cost yeah, it, that much money to keep no. a Mac Pro in production. It really doesn't. And it and, doesn't and cost not, a lot of money Apple, to update the darn thing. And it's not that Apple can't afford it. It's not that the company is, you know, barely profitable, so they have to cut something someplace. The company is hugely profitable, although they're looking at a future where their main profit center is going to be declining. Um, and that's not that that's, you know, quite obvious that they do need a sort of new big thing to maintain the growth that they've had for the past, what, since 2007? Well, since the iPod, actually, almost 15 years. As you say, unit sales of Macs aren't that impressive. But as you say, this is the this is the Mac user. This is the person who talks about Macs, who talks about Apple. If they switch to Microsoft because of that really interesting Microsoft Surface Studio thing with the tablet screen that folds down and all that, which is could be very interesting for creative pros who work on graphics and video and all that. But if all these people switch, then you're going to lose the most vocal part of your community, the, the people who, as you say, have been supporting Macs for 20 years since the 90s. It's just con it's confusing. I mean, it's been almost three years since they updated the Mac Pro. So we, we talked on the show two and a half years ago when I got one, and I really liked it for a while. But I quickly realized that Apple wasn't going to release a Retina display, a standalone Retina display. And I simply wanted a Retina display, so I bought the 5K iMac when it came out a little more than two years ago, and I sold the Mac Pro. And, and, and they're selling the same Mac Pro at the same price with three-year-old technology. And it's like... It's like they just don't understand. It's like they're not embarrassed to have this Mac that's gathering dust. Someone I know was in an Apple store the other day and said that he found the Mac desktops, um, all three of them, at the very back of the store where no one goes. So it's almost that the desktop computer, and this includes the iMac, is just not part of Apple's game plan anymore. It's that we know they've been selling more laptops and desktops for a long time, but it's almost as though they're writing off this entire section of the market. Yes, but it doesn't explain why Apple is doing things that would appeal to pros, like having faster solid-state drives on the new MacBook Pro, like having the wider color gamut, which really only appeals to somebody who's doing image editing, some kind of video editing function. This appeals to professionals. Yeah, no one else also, and I know you kind of denigrated this in a previous episode, and we got a couple of message posts about it. And that is the touch bar with a MacBook Pro. And you mentioned, well, DJ Pro, kind of a niche app. And maybe that's true. But Photoshop, showing that you have advanced Photoshop processes, workflows that can be done better with touch bar. And maybe that's also part of the issue here, that maybe touch bar in some ways can be made to handle complicated processes where some of the automation may not be necessary. I don't know. I don't think so. I think it just, it's just another way of, it's just another user input device. Um, it depends on what application developers want to put on the touch bar. You'll be able to customize certain buttons, but you can't, uh, I don't think that you can make up your own workflows to put them there. Uh, I know that Photoshop does have a sort of a workflow thing, doesn't it? You, you can like sequence tasks in Photoshop, can't you? Well, that would be some kind of Apple Script support, of course. Well, I'm not sure it's, if it's Apple Script. It could be something well, whatever else. Whatever it is. I know with Microsoft, Microsoft has always had their own macro language. 
But that's not automation. That's just, I mean, it's automation within an app, but that's not what we're talking about with AppleScript and all, which which AppleScript is either within an app or it's a link across apps. So Apple, as, as we discussed, um, they presented this MacBook Pro as a MacBook for pros, and they showed Photoshop, and they showed, what was the other app? Final Cut or something like that? Final Cut Pro 10. Before I go on, Adobe has something called an Apple Script scripting reference for Photoshop. And we're talking here about a document that you can download from Adobe. All right? 266 pages Mm. of stuff. So they have really built extensive support for Apple Script within the application. The same is true with Quark. The same is true with the other Adobe apps, such as InDesign, such as Illustrator. Quark might have been one of the first that really had AppleScript support. This goes back. AppleScript was first launched with system with with Mac OS 7.5 or 7.6. So this takes us back to 90, well, maybe it's 97 when South Segoyan started. It was just around that time, I think. And AppleScript in many ways supplanted HyperCard, which some of us remember, um, which wasn't really an automation tool, but you could make sort of standalone apps with it. Um, but I think Quark Express was one of the first apps to really leverage it, and it used it, among other things, to bring in outside files to build um, to build documents. Uh, I, I never really used Quark Express a lot, but I did read a bunch about this at one point, that AppleScript is one of the things that made Quark Express so useful. Now, I have to tell you, after all these years, I have given Adobe InDesign all I can. I've tried to use it for my particular workflows. And I still occasionally put a book together or some other publication. And I have to tell you, and maybe it's because I'm an old-time typesetter and Quark Express was designed with a typographer in mind more so than Adobe, which bases in design on a lot of the ideas from PageMaker. I got into Quark Express. I think the latest versions are pretty good. I think the support problems Quark had are history. But let's get back to the professional thing here and whether Apple is dissing pros with so far the delay and not releasing a Mac Pro update. But remember also, except for a small class of users, a 27-inch iMac with 5K Retina display, the wider color gamut, that can serve their needs as it serves your needs as it serves my needs. Now, I was looking at the Intel catalog. There is an 8-core i7 processor. Don't know how well it works. I suppose what Apple could do would be to come up, and we have to break in a moment, would be to come up with a version of the iMac, an option where you can get the 8-core i7 processor, you can get the larger solid-state drives, and because you have a Fusion drive, which is two drives, a hard drive and a solid-state drive, maybe offer two solid-state drives in there as an option. Expensive option, but still an option. Let's go on with further talk about this. I have Kirk McElhern, iTunes guy, and he runs Kirkville. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. 
DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So ride with me on this, Kirk, and I did mention it in the previous week's show with the, that group of guests. This way I can inflict this on everybody. You have the two internal solid-state drives, which is perfectly possible with the iMac because you have a Fusion drive, which is two drives. You can have the 8-core i7 processor, a higher-end graphics chip. You add that up, and maybe it's going to cost you $3,500 or $4,000. But don't you think that's going to supplant a lot of the needs of the Mac Pro? Plus, you have a newer model with USB-C and Thunderbolt 3. Don't you think that would be at least a solution for a good portion of Mac Pro users? Well, one of the the points of the Mac Pro was that all of your peripherals are external. So it leveraged Thunderbolt. It gave you the ability to connect, I believe, two 5K displays. You You could do this with an iMac. And I think right now you can even run a second 5K display on an iMac, so you could have a, a dual display setup. But I think a lot of the question is, is what are we considering pros? I mean, there's two types of pros. On the one hand, there's pros that want to be mobile, and I'm thinking of, you know, photographers who take a laptop with them, or people doing video that take a laptop as well, or even just people who are professional consultants that work at home and work on the road. So for them, they're looking for a laptop that has power, but above all has connectors so they can connect to peripherals. The other pros are the ones who you're doing video editing in an office, you're not moving. And in that case, I think you could certainly do that with an iMac if they put Thunderbolt 3 and you can connect some really big drives. 
um, that makes it possible to work with a lot of data. I think the problem that pro users are seeing now is they're thinking, well, Apple considers that it's only the laptop that's for the pros. So on the one hand, they want to see an update to a desktop computer and that the iMac isn't really that update. I mean, the iMac does have limits in the amount of RAM it can use. There are limits in terms of internal storage. As you said, maybe they could put two drives in. Uh, an SSD takes up very little space when it's uh, we, when it's on the motherboard, which is the case in laptops, or if it's one of these little 2.5-inch portable drives, I mean, the iMac's large enough to fit a couple of those. So the problem is that what's the pro that you're catering for? If Apple's not going to give a full range of products for pros, and they're just picking one, and the one they picked is the laptop, and there's all these connection problems, then the pros are feeling that they're just, you know, dead weight here. Well, as I said, I think that most Mac Pro users could take a higher-grade iMac if Apple makes it. But Apple may also be waiting for the KB Lake processor to be available in more quantities before upgrading the iMac, which would come in the spring. I could see that being done. And then the number of Mac Pro users who still wouldn't consider it would be very, very low, especially if this iMac could run two external 5K displays like the MacBook Pro. Well, anything's possible if they want to do it. Um, I don't think it would take a lot of development expense because I think the tools are already there. Well, the the iMac already exists. Its form factor exists. And and so, you know, one of the the expensive things that we don't see is when there's a new computer in a new form factor, it's an assembly line that needs to be retooled, which wouldn't be the case if they took the current iMac um, form factor and they just adapted it. That's what I'm assuming Uh, here. Yeah. Then people will criticize Apple that they're not innovating because it's the same iMac. I mean, the the problem is that the criticism comes in, in many colors, right? Um, on the one hand, you're not doing anything for pros. On the other hand, you're not innovating. If Remember, who was it that said that Apple wasn't innovating and then they came out with the Mac Pro and Phil Schiller made a comment about, you know, so who says we can't innovate and all this? I don't think we need that much innovation, we need things that work. And I really like the form factor of the Mac Pro. I think it's quite cool. I like the iMac. It's okay. Um, I wish it was a bit smaller. You know, there's a big bezel around it. And there's a big chin at the bottom of it. To go back to the Pro user, don't forget there's another um, group of pros, and these are developers. Um, anyone who develops iOS apps has to work on a Mac because Xcode is only available for Mac. And a lot of developers are complaining because the iMac's not fast enough for them when they need to compile apps and things like that. And if only for developers, Apple's going to have to maintain desktop Macs for quite some time, if only for the fact that people need to use them to develop iOS apps. So in a way, it seems a bit odd that their pro computer that they were presenting was just a laptop, because I, I don't think a lot of app developers are comfortable working on a laptop. I think they do want a computer with more storage, more speed. Um, more connectivity, which is like the iMac. If Apple really thinks they can replace the iMac with the MacBook Pro and an external monitor, I think they don't understand their users. I don't think that's the intention. The MacBook Pro is going to run two external 5K displays. Obviously, they expect that kind of workflow to occur. Now, the other issue is a limitation of 16 gigabytes. Now, Phil Schiller answered that, and you can accept his answer or not, which is the memory controller they use is 16 gigabyte limit. If you use something else, it will severely cut down on battery life, but a future generation of Intel processors will make that possible. With the iMac, you can run 32. Maybe we'd like to see 64. I don't know the limitation. Could they do it with 64? I don't know. 
So Apple's saying they can't build a computer that does what many people need because of Intel. That, to me, is an admission of failure. Well, they said they can do it, but they're going to sacrifice power utilization. It's not going to be an all-day computer. I mean, there are Intel laptops that have 32 gigs. Yeah. Uh, See, I don't understand that. And here's another one that makes me wonder about this. So Apple decided that they're not going to make displays anymore. And that's not a bad idea because it's not what they do. So they went to LG and they got two displays, a 21.5-inch 4K display and a 27-inch 5K display. So the 27-inch is pretty similar to the IMAX display. In fact, it might even be the exact same display inside as what's in the IMAX. You know, I'm Um, almost convinced of that for one reason. LG is known to make displays for Apple. So it could be the same one, or essentially the same design. And the rest with the ports, that comes out of the design of the MacBook Pro. Right. Now, the 21.5-inch display not only does not have the high-speed USB-C ports, so it can't um, run Thunderbolt out of it, it doesn't even have a webcam. Now, I don't know about you, but it seems increase. It seems extremely common with the people I work with to use Skype and to do video conferences. The fact that you would actually have to buy a third-party webcam and stick it on top of the display seems to me um, uh, it's just surprising. Uh, Apple hasn't. When when was the last time Apple had a display that didn't have a camera in it? I mean, that little camera is a tiny little device that costs a couple of bucks. Um, so those two things made me think that that 4K display is certainly not designed for pros. The 5K is, I think, very clearly. But let's look at this here. Apple is providing material there, products that do have features that mostly pros would use. They're doing other things that we worry about because we don't think that they are necessarily pro-friendly. It sounds to me like there's a period of transition here that Apple is undergoing to decide where to take the Mac and what to pursue next. The MacBook Pro is an example. Because remember, after the initial stage of USB-C and Thunderbolt 3 peripherals are out, the issues of adapter plugs will kind of go away in a couple of years. I expect the price to go down. Why? Because this is the price that the original MacBook Pro with Retina display went at when they came out. The original models from, what, 2012? They came down several hundred dollars in price. They started at this level, don't you remember? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think Um, it's going to be like the iMac with 5K Retina display. The first model was $24.99. Now you get something roughly the same configuration for $19.99. Back at the original price for, you know, a second-tier 27-inch iMac. So what I'm seeing here is... This is your first or second year early adopter tax. You get past this, you wait a couple of years, the price will be back down or even lower. Yeah, but then there'll be another model that's more expensive. Um, it, it's uh, you can't you can't look at things like that. You're looking at right now a cost of entry um, that is extremely expensive. And and you know a lot of people that I've been in touch with, talking to on Twitter and Facebook, have been holding out for an updated Mac Pro and may have computers that are four or five years old. Let's break it. More to come with Kirk McElhern on the Tech Night Out Live. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap. 
But not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Dr. Joel Wallach is not your typical doctor. Both a veterinarian and naturopathic physician, Dr. Wallach asked, Why does America spend more money on health care by far and yet ranks 50th in health and longevity worldwide? The doctor believes that people should be empowered with a basic understanding of nutrition, then take charge of their life to attain optimal health and longevity through nutrition, not by toxic prescription drugs that lead to side effects, requiring more toxic prescription drugs. Talk about being dependent on drug companies, to our own destruction no less. This is clearly a deadly recipe. Doc Wallach's message is resonating with an increasing number of Americans who are waking up to all the government and big pharma manipulation of our health care system. I like what Doc Wallach is saying and doing to enlighten people and have joined forces to help this tireless crusader spread his message. Visit GCNminerals.com and listen to Dr. Wallach's Deadly Recipes lecture. It makes a lot of sense and I invite you to join the GCN Minerals team. Go to GCNminerals.com. That's GCNminerals.com. You know about RVs, you've heard about bunkers, but surviving is not recreation, and man wasn't made to live underground. Introducing Survivalist Camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid survival bug-out house that's mobile, well-equipped, and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Go to survivalistcamps.com to learn more. That's survivalistcamps.com, providing your basic needs to survive. Survivalistcamps.com. For P150, P150GA, P150NY, P150OK, P150TN, C250A, C250E, C250Q. Not available in all states. If New York or Colorado, call for a similar offer. What's the scariest thing about going to the dentist? Opening your mouth or opening your wallet? Because just a simple cleaning can cost $100, and things like root canals can cost you hundreds more. If you don't have dental insurance to help, call Physicians Mutual Insurance Company, 1-800-656-4939. This isn't a discount plan or preventive-only coverage. This is real dental insurance that helps pay for checkups right away. So you can call today and get your teeth cleaned tomorrow. Plus, it helps cover the more expensive procedures you might need down the road. Fillings, crowns, bridges, even costly dentures. There's no deductible and no annual maximum. Your acceptance is guaranteed for one of these insurance policies, even if you're retired. There are no networks, so you can choose any dentist you'd like. Call now for a free information kit with all the details. 1-800-656-4939. That's 1-800-656-4939. 1-800-656-4939. Hi, I'm Rick Osick, president of Famous Footwear. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies? That's why we are fighting to end premature birth and birth defects along with the March of Dimes. You can do something today to give them tomorrow. Your support means programs, education, life-saving research, and a voice for families in the newborn intensive care unit. Together, we can save babies' lives. Give them tomorrow at marchofdimes.org slash tomorrow. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We're talking here back and forth, just discussing things. It's not a disagreement necessarily, because I think, actually, I think Kirk and I are very much on the same page about a lot of this, which is that Apple needs to do more to encourage its most important segment of customers, the professional user. And we're seeing mixed signals with the MacBook Pro. We're seeing very unfavorable signals with the Mac Pro, which hasn't been updated in three years. What are they doing there? I think Apple makes it worse because... They play lip service to some of this, and they don't answer anything else. Look at all these media opportunities when the MacBook Pro came out. I don't see a single question and answer. What are you doing about the desktops? What about the iMac? What about the Mac Pro? What are you doing? Why aren't they asking these questions? Because Apple says we won't answer them? Ask them. What are they going to do? Tell the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, go take a hike? We don't want to get political, but, you know, questions and answers these days, what you can ask and what you can't, um, that gets really complicated. I'm just going to say what I said again, a three-year-old Mac Pro that is at the same price is just embarrassing. It makes it look like the company doesn't know what's going on. I mean, this is old technology. You drop the price. You don't keep the same price um, over time. But unfortunately, it's old technology, and these things, they're probably not selling at all. Uh, I can't see any reason to buy one unless you've already got, you know, a fleet of Mac Pros and you need to replace some or you absolutely have no other choice. For some reason, you know, you're doing a cluster computing thing or something like that. We've seen Apple go more and more toward iOS. And, of course, it makes sense because that's where they make most of their money. But as we said earlier, the Mac is the sort of flagship um, product of Apple. All these people are just too many people are asking too many questions. Uh, they're they're wondering what to do, and unless they absolutely need to use a Mac, I think we're going to start seeing a lot of people who aren't like diehard Mac users switching over to Windows PCs because they don't want the uncertainty. They don't want to commit to another Mac for another couple of years and then find out that they've spent all this money on USB-C peripherals um, to find that they're going to a PC and USB-C isn't really being adapted. It's you. you you know, people like you and me, we each buy one computer, two computers. It's one thing. But, you know, you've got creative companies and stuff who have 50 iMacs or or 50 Mac Pros or whatever. Um, these are the people who are likely to switch, I think. Well, also look at this. I think within a couple of years, everybody will have USB-C with Thunderbolt 3. I it's very see, possible. It's but, very possible. Okay, Apple just always does that. They're on the beginning of a path to a new port. Then in a few be... years, we're going to have another new port. From the day they started killing floppy drives and optical drives, no, that's Apple. Don't you remember how much Thunderbolt was going to change our lives? And, and change you know, what? Change our lives. Thunderbolt. Change the what? Thunder- our lives. I am kidding you, my friend. Oh, okay, okay. Thunderbolt was a good idea, but 
I mean, I, I have a couple of Thunderbolt drives. I bought into them pretty early. They're relatively fast, but I have some USB 3 drives that are about the same speed. There's absolutely no reason to have Thunderbolt with A, expensive cables, B, expensive drives and hardwares, you know, drive enclosures and all that. Apple was telling me how great it was, and now it kind of sucks. So the Thunderbolt now is the USB-C connector, and it's great, but then in two years, they're going to tell me that that sucks, and they're going to come out with something else. You know, it's only so many times that people are going to fall for this stuff right but isn't you know, that we, part we of the technology USB. because the ultimate yeah, goal but- here is to have an integrated technology and this USB-C thunderbolt 3 one plug does all these things of course you need adapters now but that will not always be okay, the case so that's i also expect fallacy. i wouldn't Hold be on. surprised if lightning goes the way of USB-C. the one plug does all these things is a partial fallacy. The plug, it does, but the cables don't. And when you really look into this, you need different cables for different usages. Obviously, if you buy the most expensive cable that can do everything, it's going to be expensive, and it'll do everything from your 5K drive down to your lowly portable hard drive. But users are going to find out that they've got a USB-C cable that they got for one thing, and it's not going to work for something else. And there's a chance that they can damage their computer for USB using USB-C cables that aren't up to spec. And this is something that's been talked about for a couple of years um, since Apple released the first 12-inch MacBook with USB-C. And shortly after that, Google released their Pixel Chromebook with USB-C. Um, in particular, there's a Google engineer who's been testing cables and finds that the majority of them are not up to spec and can damage computers. So I think this whole USB-C thing is is a bit of a it, – it's a bit dangerous because it is the same connector, but the cables aren't the same. There are like five different USB-C plug cables that can do different things. Some of them can do USB-3 speed. Some of them can only do USB-2. Some do Thunderbolt 3 or whatever it is. Um, but for users, this is a pretty risky form of technology. I see here when it comes to stuff that's not satisfactory, doesn't meet standards – Perhaps the standards body that creates and maintains USB needs to enforce this a bit better. It's too lax. They should make sure manufacturers have products that are certified. That's number one. Number two, as far as the cables, I don't know. I think there ought to be ultimately one cable that does it all. You don't need multiple cables because they all look the same. Remember, these aren't dumb cables like USB 2 or USB 3 cables. These are cables that have electronics in them. And these electronics cost money, the same as like a Thunderbolt cable. If you have the expensive cable, you'll be able to do everything. You'll be able to do your video and your audio and and multi-channel and all that sort of stuff. But you're not going to spend 50 bucks for every cable. You don't want to do that when you're used to spending 3 bucks for USB cable to connect some, you know, peripheral that doesn't need... Uh, a lot of data, like a scanner or a printer or something. Right, but over time, as the technology improves, I think the price differential will come down to a point where it won't matter. It matters now because, as you say, the cost factor. Why do I want to get a $50 cable when I just want to connect a hard drive? I understand the logic. I think there's a shakeout period here, and I still see that with Apple. I think there's a lot of decisions they're trying to make about the future of the Mac platform And the MacBook Pro is a direction, not fully realized, but they need to supplement that by resolving what they want to do with the desktop Macs. They should have said something at the media event saying, we're still fully committed to the Mac platform. They could say something in a single sentence that says, 
we're still doing things, folks. Just give us time to get this together. I don't think... Well, do you, do you remember point. the last time they did that? It was sometime in early 2013, like the spring, Tim Cook made some sort of a comment that we'll have a new Mac Pro by the end of the year. If I'm not mistaken, the new Mac Pro was released like the 30th of December. Pretty um, close, but it was uh, launched ship. at the WWDC. Right, it took months to get it to ship. I want to ask you another but thing, they, too. They shipped some before the end of December, but they only shipped like a small amount, and you couldn't get it for months after that. Well, it was like four units. Now, yeah. according to what Phil Schiller says and Slice Intelligence, which I guess is working with NPD, so you have to kind of believe them, there have been a very high number of orders so far of the MacBook Pro. A lot of that is pent-up demand, people waiting, and here it is, and they're hoping for the best. How it does in the long run, we don't know. I mean, there are logical reasons to complain, but they were complaining about headphone jacks for the iPhone 7, and that doesn't seem to have hurt very much. we got more to come with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas. Is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-615-7709. That's 800-615-7709. 800-615-7709. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do 
do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Now, we can talk to the cows come home about Apple and its commitment to Mac Pros. And I don't think we're going to resolve anything, but you see the concerns, ladies and gentlemen, that we all share. And Kirk and I might differ on a few things, but that's where you go. Here's another issue. It gets into the politics, unfortunately. Story came out the other day that Foxconn, which makes a lot of the Apple mobile gear in Asia, and I think one of the other contract manufacturers, was looking into bringing production in the U.S., to bring it to the U.S., Of course, we have the politics. We have President-elect Trump, and we're not talking about whether he's good, bad, or otherwise. We're talking about the fact that he is against so-called free trade because he believes that American workers suffer. We're not getting to the value of that. The question raised here is whether Apple can and should build gear here. They build the Mac Pro in Austin, Texas. Such things as the Apple A-series processors and the Corning Gorilla Glass it's used, some of that's built in the U.S. and then shipped off to Asia. So the big question here is, can a Foxconn set up assembly plants in the U.S.? It's not easy because you have to build it all from scratch. You have to set up and work with other companies to have the components there, the supply chain. That's the biggest problem is the supply chain. It's not so much the the employees, though. I doubt American workers would want to work in the conditions that Chinese workers put up with to build iPhones. But the supply chain is the biggest problem. The vast majority of components in an iPhone are made in Asia, China, Taiwan, Japan, all these other countries. um, And they're all shipped locally to a part of China that has a huge port and is designed, was actually built up for this this area it's around shenzhen i believe where the whole thing is to build is to have factories so you've got all the infrastructure to bring things in 
to that area and to dispatch them to the appropriate um, factories. So in the States, where would you do this? You'd have to have a port. If they're coming from Asia, it would have to be on the West Coast. You don't really want ships taking their time going through the Panama Canal. Is there any place on the West Coast where you could build factories, where you could have hundreds of thousands of employees that would have to be near big cities where these employees can live, unless they want to live in dormitories the way the Chinese do? And I kind of doubt that the Americans want to do this. So I think the whole question of building anything of, of that scale in the U.S. is just a bit ridiculous. Well, Foxconn, I think, determined it would cost a third more to do it. And a lot of that would be upfront costs to build plants well, yeah, from scratch, to yeah. set up distribution chains for the parts and things like that. And it's not something that you can do with political talking points. It's not going to happen if you impose tariffs. All you'll do is just make gear more expensive for everyone. People will buy less. The companies will suffer. They'll lay off people. And instead of saving jobs, you will unfortunately lose jobs. But you raise the biggest problem right here. We don't have the infrastructure to do what has to be done to set up and build iPhones or iPads or even IMAX here. Maybe IMAX you could build. Maybe IMAX, because there aren't as many of them. Right. And with the Mac Pro, it's a low-production product, and they can do it, and they can do it efficiently. they're done in Texas, I believe. It's built in Austin, yes. Yeah. That you can do. The rest, the problem is here is that when it comes to political discourse, everyone looks for simple answers. And there is not a simple answer here. It's very complicated setting up American production lines. And also remember, too, these factories are heavily dependent, more so than ever, on robotic assembly techniques. Yes. We're talking about a multi-multi-billion dollar investment. And I guess the only way it could be done is for Apple to set aside, you know, 25, 50 billion and build it themselves. I think the only way it could be done is for Apple to set up factories it would take several years it wouldn't happen overnight it would take years of testing a commitment of tens of billions of dollars to even see if it can be done so here's what one might imagine people are discussing right now hey apple you have 237 billion dollars overseas do you want to bring it back at a reduced tax rate do that build some factories and we can figure out a reduced tax rate for you now, the amount of money that Apple would save in not paying 35% or however much tax that they really should be paying on this money would more than pay for setting up robotic factories to build iPhones. But we still have the same supply chain problem of getting components there. Even if there aren't that many human employees and it's mostly robotic, which actually is the case, they, they do require a lot of employees, but more and more of it is robots. You still have the supply chain issue. You still have, as you say, you need to build the plants and that years to build stuff like that. And you have to deal with all the companies who have these supplies. You know, you have Samsung and other companies providing memory. Samsung would have to set up factories here. That's another. No, thing. not necessarily. They they could ship from from Korea where they make the memory, or China if they do it there. Every time you ship something, there's another expense. Of course, and you you have the risk of delays for bad weather or whatever whatever can happen. Whereas when you're on the same continent, you don't have as many risks. Remember when there was an earthquake in Japan and it shut down a lot of um, memory um, plants for a while. So if, if there's sort of natural disaster or anything like that, it can disturb production. And that would be amplified by the amount of time it takes to get from Asia to the United States. Now, 
I think some people cite the auto industry because auto industry has to use a lot of components from outside makers. But what you're going to see here is that when these companies like Volkswagen in Chattanooga, Tennessee, or was it Alabama where they have Hyundai or Kia? I forget. I don't have a list of all of these companies. They come to America. They set up plants. The companies who provide parts for them also set up plants. They build their own supply chains. Not as elaborate, maybe in some ways, as iPhone factories, but certainly pretty elaborate because we already have the infrastructure here to set up auto plants and to set up a supply chain for the cars. But even then, it's complicated because here's an example. You buy a Volkswagen Passat made in Chattanooga, Tennessee, but the engines are made in Mexico. You buy a Honda Accord and maybe it's 70 or 80 percent of that is U.S. sourced. But some of that stuff is being flown in from other parts of the world, some of those parts. So it's a pretty complicated thing. Again, it is. But I I think there's a different complication in the auto industry. Um, In the technology industry, you have to build clean room factories. You can't be building chips and processors and things um, in open air. You you can build tires probably pretty much anywhere. You can build you know camshafts in pretty much any type of factory. So you you have more requirements. Um, f- you probably have more cost in building uh, a factory for this sort of electronic um, uh, component than you do for car components. Well, that's where it stands. It doesn't mean it's not possible to do this. It doesn't mean Apple can't slowly, over a period of years, move some production, more production to the U.S. And I think, like I yeah, said... Yeah, as you, as you said, for the iMac, that's the kind of thing that they could... They, they don't make enough of them that it would really be a problem. Um, and it's possible. Um, but the question is, is it even worth the hassle for them for such a small yield product? I mean, they don't... What do they do? A couple million um, iMacs compared to... What are they, 50 million iPhones per quarter? Was that the last quarter they did something like that? It's something like 48 million, but whatever it is, yeah. we're talking about at its lowest ebb, the iPhone selling 45, 50 million at the high end during the holidays, 70, 80 million. You know, it's not the same thing as selling four or five million max per quarter. It's yeah. a lot more complicated. And because of all the miniaturization involved, it's a pretty complicated thing. Now, Granted, if you brought iMac construction to the U.S., some of those things that you do would have to be brought over, but you wouldn't need to make as many, and it could be a beginning process that could take five or ten years to complete. Because understand also, and this is the other consideration about the people who work in Asia to build these things, and I'll get to it in a moment. We have Kirk McElhern with one more segment of the Tech Night Out Live. Visit GCNlive.com today. The award-winning graphic converter, the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features, and most important, it's easy to use. Get 20% off from lemkesoft.de slash gene. 
That's lemkesoft.de slash gene. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Why be held hostage by your wireless carrier for two years? What if there were no contracts, no activation fees, no tracking, tracing, or draconian gimmicks? All on America's largest 4G LTE networks. Introducing PixWireless.com. Activate your Sprint, AT&T, and unlock GSM phones instantly. Bring your own device and make the switch today. Here's how. Call or click 1-800-205-9513 or PixWireless.com. Spell P-I-X. PixWireless.com. Today, living in the United States means that your online privacy is at risk. Regaining that privacy means going abroad. Privacy Abroad offers secure online privacy because our servers are located in Switzerland, a safe haven for digital communications. As a law-abiding citizen, you have nothing to hide, but you certainly have something to lose. Regain your Fourth Amendment rights and your peace of mind. Go to patriot.privacyabroad.com now. That's patriot.privacyabroad.com. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507-800-478-1507-800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. Why be held hostage by your wireless carrier for two years? What if there were no contracts, no activation fees, no tracking, tracing, or draconian gimmicks? All on America's largest 4G LTE networks. Introducing PixWireless.com. Activate your Sprint, AT&T, and unlock GSM phones instantly. Bring your own device and make the switch today. Here's how. Call or click 1-800-205-9513 or PixWireless.com. Spell P-I-X. PixWireless.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Hey, 
I'm Gene Steinberg. This is the Tech Night Out Live with Kirk McElhern talking about the possibility that Apple can build its gear in the U.S. and the complications. And here's part of it, and that is there's a growing middle class in China. More and more of these assembly line workers are getting more money, a fraction of what you get in the U.S. But those salaries will continue to increase. Production will go to less developed countries, and it's the same phenomenon that goes over a period of years. More production in India, for example, more production in Vietnam, whatever. There's a point that's going to be reached where, with all the shipping and everything else that happens, sending that stuff around the world, where it may not cost that much more to build out the U.S. plants, but it doesn't happen overnight. It's not something because a politician says, made in the USA, let's do it. This is something that you can't do and force with a tariff without really, really hurting and causing unintended consequences. If it's going to happen, it will take years. Yeah, I think it's taken decades. When when we were young, it was the made in Japan that was the low wage tech stuff. You would buy, I don't know, TVs were made in Japan, VCRs were made in Japan. And then it moved to Taiwan and then Taiwan's middle class grew and costs increased. And then it's moved to China. China's starting to lose in competitivity, as you said, to Vietnam and India, where a lot of these companies are going to be moving soon. I know Foxconn has got a big move on to build factories in India. But this is a generation for this change. It's not going to happen overnight. In, In a way, I think it's very good that it is happening because it means that these developing countries are developing and that they are benefiting from this in many ways. I don't think we'll see parity with income and labor costs with the U.S. and you know, some of these countries for a while, for a generation or more, but it will eventually happen. And by then, you know, an iPhone will be so totally different and maybe Apple won't even exist. So I don't think that long game is something that's really useful to look at right now. I think it's useful to look at the medium game India, as opposed to China, that actually takes things further away from the U.S. It takes things further away from an existing supply chain. So is the whole supply chain going to move to India? At the same time, they're not going to be moving to the United States. It's, you know, one or the other. It's not just Apple building these things. Remember, what's Apple's share in numbers of the total smartphones in the world? 15%? Less Um, than that. It's like 12 or 13%. Yeah. So there's all these other phones that are being built by all these other companies. Those supply chains aren't going to move just because Apple wants them to move. They have plenty of reasons to be where they are because all the manufacturers are building their products in China. Look at personal computers. Dell, HP, where are they building their computers? The same part of the world, sometimes the same factories. Yeah, the the Foxconn factories that build iPhones may build iPhones at one part of the year and then build something else when iPhone demand drops. And it's also a very flexible workforce, which is not something that's easy to get in the States, that they don't have to provide jobs for these people all year long. People may work six months or eight months or 10 months. I don't know exactly how long um, they're going to work, but when there's no work, there's no work. It's kind of like, you know, automakers with layoffs and stuff. That sort of flexibility is the kind of thing that Americans really don't appreciate. Right, but auto workers have had to endure that for a long time. By the way, I looked up per capita income in Japan. It's slightly higher than per capita income in the U.S. It's taken a couple of generations for that to happen. Yeah. And I do not expect it to happen that quickly in China, but it will happen in a couple of generations. There will be a point where as salaries stabilize and equalize around the world, that it won't matter where you build something. Yeah, I don't think we'll be around then. 
Gene. Speak for yourself. I, okay. I'm not going anywhere. So anyway, okay. forget about the political talking points, folks. As a matter of fact, unless they do something really dumb, just bringing production to the U.S. of Apple gear or gear from other companies is not practical. But you say Apple because, hey, it's Apple. They apply to a different set of rules. Let me go back because we only have a couple of minutes left here, Kirk. You buying a MacBook Pro? No, no, no. I thought of it originally, but I can't justify the price. If it came down in price in a year or two, would you then or would you because you'd need a new notebook by then? Yeah, I probably will. I've got a, a MacBook that's about oh, 15, 16 months old. So in a year, year and a half, I'll probably want to replace it. It would have to come down in price a fair amount. You know, when I looked at the the MacBook Pro, it's not just the starting price. Remember that starting price of, what is it, $17.99 or something for the MacBook Pro with the touch bar? That only includes 8 gigs of RAM, and you need more RAM, and that's, what, $180, $200? I think it's £160 here. So it's 10% of the cost of the computer to add 8 gigs of RAM. Apple, by the way, cuts the prices slightly on SSD upgrades for their products. So to go to a terabyte solid-state drive used to be $800. Now it's $600. But for less than half that, third-party suppliers can get you that stuff. But with the MacBook Pro, the models with touch bar, not the models without, you can't replace the solid-state drive. It's soldered onto the logic board. With the model without the touch bar, you could replace it. Another thing that's interesting, we didn't mention before, we were talking about those LG displays. Apple slashed the prices on those very shortly after they announced them. I mean, before they're even shipping. What did they drop, like 25%? Apple never does that. Right. They did the same thing with adapters because they're pushing adoption. If you consider the price reduction to $974 from $1299 for the 5K LG display, that more than covers the price increase of the MacBook Pro. Yeah. So what they're trying to do is they're not trying to sell the MacBook Pro. They're trying to sell the MacBook Pro plus a display to use on the desktop. So we come right back to your questions about what's the future of the desktop. I hope they keep the iMac going. I don't know whether I want to do it the other way. As a practical matter, though, if performance is similar, it may not matter quite as much. But I still think there's going to be a need for quite a few years yet for the pickup truck, the real pickup truck, which is the desktop computer. It may not be quite where it is now. Maybe Apple will develop a 27-inch iMac without the long bezels, a slimmer trimmer model. Maybe that's what's coming next year, because that's perfectly possible. I think a lot of the space in here, it just goes for naught. If you look at these LG displays, the first thing I noticed is is how slim the bezels are. And, and I've mentioned on the show a couple times that I find that my 27-inch display is just too big, just takes too much space in front of my eyes. If I could have this same display with half-inch bezels around it and without this big chin on the bottom, I would probably be okay with the 27. Otherwise, I would like to downsize. And I actually thought about buying one of those 21-and-a-half-inch displays. But then I saw that the I.O. connectors are just USB 3, and it doesn't have a camera. It's like, why am I going to buy something like this, which isn't going to be fast enough for everything I need. As he was talking, I was looking at a picture of the 5K display. The bezel on three sides is pretty small. The bezel on the top is not, but I suppose it could be the reverse with an iMac where the slightly longer bezel is on the bottom. Kirk McElhern, please tell our listeners where we can find more of the stuff you do. 
You can visit my website, Kirkville. It's at McElhern.com. That's M-C-E-L-H-E-A-R-N.com. And you can find me at Macworld, where I am the iTunes guy, and I write about other Apple stuff. Look for us on Twitter, where we are known as Tech Night Owl. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. Look for Gene Steinberg, the guy with the red plaid shirt, on Facebook. Consider our other radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. It's back to UFOs this week at the Paracast at Paracast.com where we feature Jan Harzan. He's executive director of the Mutual UFO Network, or MUFON, which has been around since 1969. Not Jan. Jan's a young guy, but the organization itself. Go to Paracast.com to check that out. Also, here's the number one, numeral uno, best way for you to support the Tech Night Owl Live, and that's to join, become a member of Tech Night Owl Plus. We have new lower rates that start at just $4.99 a month. Our price cheap. Okay, $4.99 a month. Check it out at plus.technightowl.com. That's P-L-U-S dot Sign up and here's what you get. Commercial free. Tech Night Owl Live. Better quality audio. All this for a low monthly annual five-year or lifetime subscription. So check it out, plus.technightowl.com. Kirk McElhern, thanks for venting your frustrations about Apple and Apple Script. Thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks for giving me a soapbox again, Gene. is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.